You're listening to TNM Coaching Unplugged. TNM Unplugged features the diverse perspectives of a thriving global community of coaches, leaders, and experts. And it's all for you. And welcome everybody to TNM Unplugged. I'm here today with my friend and colleague, Vivian Ladamato. Today's podcast is a departure from what we usually talk about, but we could not resist, as our guest has a very interesting perspective on who we are and why are we here. Ishmael Perez wrote the book, Our Cosmic Origin, that covers Earth's place in the multiverse, our galactic history, and the organization of our cosmos. Welcome, Ishmael. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Vivi, let's dive into a first question from Ishmael. Oh, well, you said it, you know, a big question. Let's start with the really big ones, Ishmael. We've got a lot to go through. So let's get straight. Why are we here? And I don't mean you, me and Zoran here. I mean us here. Why, why are we here? What is, the, what is the purpose of all this? We're here to, to fuse the higher dimensions with the lower dimensions, to integrate spirit and matter, to spiritualize matter so that matter could also become eternal just like the etheric spheres and the spiritual spheres. So we're here to do that. We're here to anchor and embody the higher consciousness with the Lord, with, with the, you know, the matter or the bodies that we have. So it's, it's more of an integration process, you know, where it's multidimensional integration. So we're here to anchor in higher dimensions with lower dimensions. And that is the true meaning of, of establishing a heaven on earth. It's bringing forth these, you know, higher planes of reality and collapsing them with, with the lower planes of reality, so that heaven could also exist on a physical level of reality, not just on an etheric or spiritual level. Okay, and why, why are we doing that? Why? Why does that matter? Why is it important? Oh, it's very important. It's part of the uh, cosmic divine plan to spiritualize matter. Um, it's uh, the reason why we encased in physical forms. However, we, we do have a different avatar on every level of reality. So... Even though we're here in the third dimension, uh, we're still operating simultaneously in other levels of reality all the way to the 12th dimension. So the whole purpose of coming here is to integrate those higher selves, our higher versions, you know, with our physical form. That is the purpose why we're here. Okay. You just said, the word, I'm going to, I've just got two follow-up questions, Oren, and I'm going to hand to you. But you, see, you mentioned their divine plan. Are you saying that this is God's work? Yes, the universal architect, yes. The universal architect, okay. Mm -hmm. So God's plan, and this is about us anchoring our higher selves in this, in sort of, in this carnation, in this in-flesh thing that we're doing here. That we yes, and that's, and that's the true meaning of ascension. It's not that we're going anywhere. It's not that, you know, we're, we're actually bringing in, anchoring higher levels of reality into the here, spiritualizing matter so that matter can become eternal. Okay. Go for yes. it, Zoran. Yeah. <laughs> and that divine plan and God plan. What is God, God to you? God is a is an energy field. It is um, energy vibrating at its highest frequency. It is an eternal energy without beginning or end, um, and it is an energy field that exists throughout all the living things throughout the multiverse. Everything is embedded with this this unified consciousness, which is the mind of the all, and that is what God is. So everyone. Uh, in existence, every species, every planet, every star, every universe is an embodiment of that energy field. So um, 
So you could say, we could assume that the creator and the creation are one and the same. There is no separation. Mm. You know, the creation is an extension of what has already existed. Mm. You know, it's the uh, manifest part, uh, portion of the unmanifest. The unmanifest portion is eternity. It is energy that has never been created nor destroyed. The manifest portion is it's, you know, it's what we're experiencing. So we are, if I'm not mistaken, what you're saying is we are the expression and the experience of God. Exactly. And it is through our experience that this high, you know, level of vibration, this unified consciousness expands. It is through everyone's experiences that the greater, larger consciousness system, which is the mind of the all, continues growing in higher complexes or in higher um, complex levels of order or order levels of complex. I don't know how that goes, but it continues <laughs> to expand through our experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so how does this relate to organized religion and the scriptures? That, is, that, is that a part of that? Is that a red herring? What's the relationship with that? Well, organized religion um, is an instrument of the Luciferian Brotherhood to keep mankind divided and to keep us at a very low level uh, of uh, understanding what we really are. And what we really are is, is God's source and embodiment. We're multidimensional beings. And so religion was created. Um, just to let you know, religion only exists in primitive worlds. It, don't, it doesn't really exist in the higher levels of reality. So it is a system, a tool used by the dark side to lock a species. Um, into a reincarnational cycles where the species can no longer find their own connection to the divine or to their higher self. And so that's why they act as mediators and they set up priest caste and hierarchies and popes and pastors and, and you know, and bishops to be the uh, mediator between each and every single one of us and our higher self. And our higher self is really that portion of prime creator source, right. you know, that we all are. So they're kind of like the middlemen who insert themselves between us and creator are that part of us also, which is the part of creator, right? Correct. Yes. So the scriptures, is there anything in there that is true? Should we be reading them or are they, again, just a part of organized religion and an aim to misinform us? Well, the original scriptures were taken by the CDC place that were left uh, during the times of Atlantis, uh, and they were known as the Emerald, uh, um, Emerald Records. So the Emerald Records in its original purity described, you know, the teachings of the law of one, described true galactic history, uh, described the different levels of initiation in order to re reunite back with our higher self. Uh, but throughout the, the millenniums, um, after the earth was um, intercepted by the fallen ones, or what we call the regressive, you know, ETs, the negative Anunnaki, uh, which came through the line of Enki, not, not Enlil, um, kind of switched everything around in order to confuse us. And so um, now what we consider the Bible and, 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 um, and scriptures, modern-day scriptures, are just modified, uh, tainted versions of the original copies. But, you know, the way they did it is um, it's still in its very metaphorical form. So there's, there, there's different uh, levels of uh, the, the Bible is written on different levels of understanding. You know, it's, it's not just... Uh, been modified and all that but at the same time it's you know it's the metaphors are still there the metaphors that lead you into that higher level of consciousness are still there if you know how to decipher them so right now it's just a, a book of symbology you know very metaphorical yeah it's, it's kind of like oh my goodness that that really speaks to you know, my 
I just felt exactly the same thing. There's so much wisdom in these words and there are so many metaphors and interesting stories that really do reflect sort of some basic truths about our existence here. There's also an awful lot of stuff that doesn't resonate. So, Story, yeah. yeah, like, you know, women came from man, male-dominated world, patriarchy. That was all in installed by the Luciferian Brotherhood. When the original Bible was all about the balance with the great divine feminine, it was about venerating the mother god as much as the father god. But really, at the highest level, seeing it at, as, uh, as, as non-gender, as pure energy, you know, pure energy becoming um, masculine and feminine, but, you know, in a balance form. And that's what is known as Sophia and the Christ, right? <laughs> the reuniting of Sophia and the Christ. And you mentioned a few times the Luciferian Brotherhood. Tell us about that and, you know, how can you decode that and explain what is that for? You know, what is the role in our galactic history? Well, the Luciferian Brotherhood in our galaxy originated in Orion. It started with the Draco in the Alpha Draconis system, uh, lower Orion belt. And that's where their initial plans for a galactic domination began. So what we're witnessing here is just a... Uh, a rather smaller reflection of that agenda through the cabal families, because the cabal families are also families that could, uh, you could trace their lineage back to Orion. And so um, that's the origin of the Luciferian manifesto in our galaxy. But if you want to go back to where it originated, uh, it actually originated in the 12th create in the 11th creation. I'm sorry, the 11th universe. We're part of the 12th creation. And so in the 11th universe uh, that was devoted to the development of technology and mechanics, that's where the original, you know, you could say the fallen overseer of that creation became seduced by the king of the archons and developed the first AI system. And as a result of that, that's when the original Luciferian agenda was born. Um, all Luciferianism, again, goes back to this ancient invasive AI which is at the core of all Luciferianism, which means anti-life, the destruction of life as we know it. So if God is, is the creator of all things, why create this Luciferian, what you described, I saw in a, an interview, did as a transhumanist takeover of organic life. Why? Why would God do that? Because we live in a free will universe where everything is allowed. Um, but also bear in mind that God is in control. And that's why, you know, in the... In the aftermath or at the end of this war against AI, we do win the war, you know? So it's part of a, it's part of the duality. It's part of, a, you know, honoring free will. Um, and also I believe that it is through opposition, you know, that, that the overall mind of God expands. So that's why, you know, everything is allowed, but at the same time, everything is under control, you know? Mm allow his creation to be destroyed. Okay, so that's why we have polarity. And is that right? And that's why we have this, you know, you, know, you have to have bad to have good, you have to have dark to have light. And, and the whole idea of us, is, the, is this the same thing as saying, this whole idea is we have to choose God, we have to choose the light, it has to be our free will. Absolutely. So that gives rise to, you know, um, free agency. It is through our choices. Yeah. So... Okay, so, so Zori, do you have any more questions about the why before we move into the sort of the playing field that we're in here? Not really. I, I mean, that's an interesting explanation to why, because a lot of the people, you know, especially if they connect with the God creator source, they will have those questions to why is this game happening? On a certain level, we see it as a game as well, from our perspective, game of, of life. 
and how and why we play it. So it would be lovely for us to move into the mechanics of this reality. So I'm passing it on to you. So um, holographic universe, is that an accurate description of the, of the playing field that we're in, this, this life? Yeah, we're part of a 15-dimensional time matrix system that uh, began 998 billion years ago when the first universe came into existence. Okay. So everything uh, from the 12th dimension down is considered a simulation. It is, um, you know, held together by some sort of a geometrical pattern that uh, allows the, the spirits to learn and experience on each level of reality so the higher you go in dimensions the easier the simulation gets you know right now in the third dimension which is the lowest form of light energy vibrating uh it is considered the densest and the hardest experience for all souls that are incarnated here uh, and that's why the most powerful souls were able to come down in physical form so everything everything acts as a as a training ground you know, because at the highest level of reality, what's really expanding is the eternal spheres. The eternal spheres are expanding one outer space level at a time. So everything that exists within our multiverse exists just within the first concentric circle extending from the eternal spheres outward. You know, all the universes are part of that concentric circle. When that, um, I guess, um, cycle is done, which uh, is now finishing due to the ascension of the earth, um, you know, we, we get ready to explore now the second concentric circle. And so right now the earth's ascension is going to mark the completion of what I call in my book, the seventh super universe of Orbiton, which is one of seven segments that make up the central motherverse. And then that's going to allow for a new, a new creation or new, uh, you know, universe to, to uh, be formed and, and be created at the same time. Okay. So, the this you say everything below the 12th dimension is a simulation so a holographic simulation right um how does that work you mentioned you said something there about um the geometry and the mathematics of it is is so what we know what we already know in the mainstream about sacred geometry and mathematics is that all accurate you know the ratio of things like the pyramids to the to the sun and everything. Is that all true and relevant and accurate? Oh, yes, very true. The entire uh, simulate, simulated 12-dimensional time matrix is uh, generated through mathematical equations. Yes, it is uh, the same. Um, I, I guess they, they use the same system that uh, people use when they create, you know, computer games, um, you know, stuff like that. It's the, it's the same, uh, I guess, principle but they apply the binary system. So, you know, uh, we live in a universe of zeros and ones. <laughs> mm -hmm. Everything is by that mathematical um, equation that allows the simulation to feel real and feel solid. But in essence, it's just all empty space because it's all just energy vibrating at different levels of reality. Well, I mean, you know what? I'm old enough to remember when binary mathematics was introduced to school system in the UK where I was educated. And I can remember sitting in my math class I was not good at math. Um, and uh, uh, one of the teachers walked in and to tell us, to announce to us that from the following year, we would be doing a totally new kind of mathematics called binary mathematics. And she explained that it only has, you know, 
0.01 basically and I thought oh thank god it's going to be so easy I can handle that you know how difficult can that be little did I know just how complex it is and in fact how fascinating it mm. gets when you take a look at mathematics from that point of view kind of like real math if you like so quantum physics quantum mechanics string theory all of that that's all relevant and true and and important in the your perspective on the on the universe and the life that we live right yes okay fascinating stuff fascinating stuff so anything else that we need to be aware of about the way that this works you know when it when it comes to the idea of us co-creating thought creates it's a stimulation therefore of course it's malleable what do we need to know in order for us to be playing our role to the optimum uh, and, and in getting us to the next level as quickly as possible where it's less dense and less difficult coming to the realization that your thoughts are co-creating simulation at the same time because you know we are different uh at the highest level of reality we are a prime creator source so so we created the simulation so when you realize that you're also part of the creation and that you uh contributed to the creation uh they're more mindful of your thoughts because depending on what your thoughts are are vibrating at because your thoughts are electromagnetic impulses right that create reality you know i think everything mm -hmm. in the material planes of realities is just a thought projection um, and that's what gives, you know, um, solidity to the simulation. So by controlling your thoughts and your emotions, you're actually create, uh, co-creating uh, the different, you know, realms of realities that exist. And also you're, you're uh, choosing to vibrate at any particular, uh, with any particular timeline that you choose to be at, to be in, depending on your thoughts and emotions. That's the timeline you ultimately end up in. Whoa, so those words of, the, of a much older and wiser Greek than me, know thyself, was really important. To really know yourself and to be really careful about what's going on in your head. Mm -hmm. Very, yes, because our thoughts are co-creating the simulation as I speak. Yeah, and, and also our thoughts are connected to the quantum field. You know, the quantum field is more real than the material realms. The quantum field is, is part of the pure energy it's part of the where there is no malleable matter time or space it's just all energy so your your thoughts are actually influencing the quantum field every time you think yeah so my question there in this simulation of game of life is that to be mindful of one's thoughts and to be able to really be in relationship and see them as a creative tools it requires a lot of work so to say you know sometimes it's not easy and effortless so what is your practice ishmael when it comes to you being able to be in relationship with your thoughts and controlling your thoughts and using your thoughts as an instrument of reality creation just practicing mindfulness meditation and breathing focusing on the breath and then also learning how to calm the mind and, and just uh, narrow in your focus on the things that you want to manifest mm -hmm. So it's about focusing and narrowing your focus to the, what you really want to manifest in this moment right now. What about kind of simultaneous thoughts? Like, have you ever found, did you ever find yourself in a situation when you have multiplicities of thoughts happening at the same time? And what do you do then? Uh, what you do is you just narrow it into only the thoughts that you want to, that you want to manifest. <laughs> so all the Hindus and Buddhist, Buddhistic religions and everything that is happening in the spiritual world when it comes to mastering of what's mind and no mind and being able to really be in relationship with thoughts. It's true on a certain level, we really need to be able to master that to co-create reality, right? 
Absolutely. Because the reason why, you know, we experience uh, unfortunate circumstances is because we're not in control of our thoughts. We allow negative thoughts to come in. And that's, unfortunately, that's the reality that we're going to be experiencing. And how do we, I mean, before I pass it on to you, these negative thoughts that are happening in our mind, I've heard sometimes from many different speakers that not all the thoughts that we have in our mind are our own thoughts. That sometimes, yeah, can you comment on that? Sure, yeah, sometimes because we're all connected telepathically via a mind high, uh, sometimes we're picking up on the thoughts of others. And then sometimes it's thoughts that are being um, placed in your head by negative entities that exist in the astral realm or other dimensions. So, you know, one one way to uh, be discernful is uh, by stepping back and and just becoming an an observer of your thoughts and seeing which thoughts are yours and which thoughts are not yours. Yeah. Yeah. I practice that, Vivian. I know you do. I mean, I know that our listeners do as well, because that's an interesting thing, because we identify with our thinking so much that we believe we are our thoughts and we don't have a space of discernment to really disciple what is mine and what is not mine. I'm, I was just happy that you responded to that. Vivian, passing on to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, being able to observe yourself and recognize I am not my mind. You know, I am the one who's witnessing what's going on in my mind and just practicing doing that. It's just so simple. But what you're saying is, Mal, just reminds us of just how important that is. In fact, it's, our, it's the number one thing. So what do you think about psychedelics? A lot of people say that it was when they were tripping on something like, you know, mushrooms or LSD or, or when they were doing something like ayahuasca that they had an awakening. What, what, what's, what's your opinion about psychedelics? I don't really uh, practice psychedelics, um, but I do believe that within the plant uh, or what they call the uh, mushroom community, uh, things that are like uh, ayahuasca, things that are from the earth are, are there to aid us. To expand our consciousness, parts like chemical, um, like LSD, that stuff is bad for you. You know, yeah. so I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't recommend doing it. The best thing, way to do it is is by learning how to go within, because you know we all have the natural ability to access those levels of consciousness without anything. But if you want to boost, you know, it's it's good to just stick to like the things that uh, the elders have been doing for for you know forever, like ayahuasca and and medicine mushrooms and stuff like that. But other than that, um, you know, like I wouldn't really uh, do it because also you have to learn how to, how to not depend on tools. You have to learn how to do it yourself. You know, it's like, when do you take the, the training wheels off the bike, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, now what about things like, um, you know, lucid dreaming? And when we're in a dream state, what is that? What is our dreaming? What, what Tell us about that. Oh, that is our higher self, or sometimes when we're dream, uh, we're tapping into different versions that exist in alternative universes. So when your body's resting, you know, because there's only a portion of your mind that embodies this avatar in the third dimension. The other 97, 98% of your consciousness is operating on, on different dimensions and in parallel universes and different bodies. So everybody has a different, uh, slightly different version that exists in an alternative Earth. So when you dream, you kind of t- tap into these other versions of yourself. And that's why some people say, in my dreams, I could fly. In my dreams, I have these amazing telekinetic abilities. Uh, you know, I could do things that I couldn't do in this reality. Well, that's because in that universe, that's what you're capable of doing, you know? Every difference. Okay. So, and what is lucid dreaming? You know, I, I have friends, one friend in particular, who's able to be awake in their dream and conscious of the fact that he's dreaming. Is that relevant or is that just, you know? 
something that happens to us sometimes? Uh, that is you tapping into the astral and being aware of what you're doing in the astral level of reality. Yes. So that's what they call lucid dreaming. It's you uh, being consciously aware that you're operating in a, you know, without your physical form in a different level of reality that doesn't require this body. And it's very real. You know, you have your astral body, you have your etheric body, um, and then you have your light body. So there's different um, subtle versions of yourselves that exist in uh, lesser dense um, energy planes of reality. Okay. What I would love to take it now, it's something that always interests me. It's, it's this amnesia or veil of forgetting. You know, what is the purpose of that? How is that serving us? And how do we lift up that veil and, and start remembering more of ourselves on different levels of existence? Well, the whole purpose of that is to um, remember who we are. You know, everything has meaning in life, you know, and as I speak, the veil is being lifted as more and more in to wake up. And so, because everything serves a purpose, you know, the whole purpose of uh, forgetting who we are when we come in here mm -hmm. is so that through willpower and choice, you know, we can begin to unravel, you know, what we really are and stuff. And, and, and that's what it's known as enlightened. When people begin to, you know, begin to question things, begin to uh, go within and then they discover a whole new different um, level of reality that they had no clue about. And then that's when they grow spiritually to remember who they were. And the ultimate level of enlightenment is samadhi, which is realizing that you and God are the same, that God is you or God, and everything is God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that one. And I have a little follow-through question there. What about pain and suffering? You know, I am... For example, very empathic. And when I look into the humanity as, as it is right now, you can really plug into that state of suffering because a lot of people are suffering, you know. So what is the purpose of suffering? Is it something that we have to go through, through in the school of life to be able to become a better possible version of ourselves? So is it something that is created to prevent us into reaching our full evolutionary potential? Yes, it's something that is necessary in order for us to have a higher degree of exaltation and evolutionary potential. So sometimes suffering is, is where we, you know, that's where, where we begin to want to seek God and, and understand, you know, things for what they really are. It is through our state of suffering. So when we cannot, we don't have any other choice, you know, it's so painful, basically, through suffering, then we don't have a choice but to look forward and to start looking and finding God within, right? Okay. Just hold on a second, Ian. What about uh, state of the world when it comes to poverty? So let's say that we look into a poverty that creates suffering and a lot of people are in poverty. Is that something that's necessary? Because sometimes, you know, I walk around. When I'm traveling or in my own community and I see poverty on the streets, I see people on the street, I see their suffering, and I'm really, really questioning the reality as, as the matrix of, of creation. Is this really necessary? Is it really necessary for that human being to be on the floor, on the street, suffering without food? Da, 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 da. You know what I mean by that? It's, it's also karma balancing. A lot of the people that are being born into unfortunate living conditions um, is because in prior lifetimes, they might have been killers. They might have been very well that uh, took from the, from, 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 you know, the masses, dulled, and now they're experiencing the opposite of that. So it's, it's also part of karma balance. Yeah. 
that's one take on that, you know, balancing their calm is necessary for them to have this experience to be able to, you know, level it up. Okay, great. Vivian, back to you. Well, I was going to ask something else, but now that you mention it, tell us about karma. What is the purpose of karma? It's not a punishment, is it? Oh, not at all. That's what religions take is. Um, it is a way to learn from our mistakes uh, and also it, it um, gives rise to accountability, you know, where everyone eventually becomes compelled to uh, become responsible really for their own lives. You know, there is no outside source, you know, it's all within you. So if you suffer, it's because you put yourself in that situation. Yeah. Get yourself in that situation is to really much uh, change your mindset. So cause and effect, it's learning about cause and effect, recognizing that and then saying, okay, I can cause something I want rather than something I don't want. And I can, yeah, okay. All right. So should we, should we take a look at... Uh, fascinating stuff i could go on for hours with this big picture stuff but there are a lot of things that are going on in the world right now and from what you're saying the reason all of this is happening right now i mean it's astonishing what's happened over the last couple of years more is because we're coming to the to the end of something and the beginning of something new something really huge is happening right now how would you describe that happening it's uh, we're in the midst of uh, shifting into a new world age we're ending different cycles, 2,160-year cycle. Uh, Pisces going into Aquarius. We're ending a 5,000-year cycle of uh, entering the fifth world age. We're also ending five of those, which is a 26,000-year cycle, where um, now we're going to be entering a whole new different era in cosmos, where there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth. So that's what we're, we're experiencing right now. We're, we're in the cusp of a shift of ages, and that's why things are climaxing. You know, things are, they appear like they're getting worse, but technically it's because that old paradigm is coming to an end and it's going to be replaced by a new paradigm. When? Uh, between now and the next few years, I would say, you know, the original calendar ended in 2022, so it could be even this year. Okay. And so what we're seeing now are all symptomatic of that. And I mean, stuff like, uh, you know, the recent couple of years that we've had with the you know, disease thing going around and things like, you know, terrible fear in people about things like 5G and GM crops and pesticides and farming and, and, and meat and all that stuff. Are these all symptomatic of that? Absolutely. Yes. Exactly. Do any of those things concern you, Ismail? Are you worried about things like 5G or, you know, injections and stuff like that? are only affecting those that have two strands of DNA active. Uh, for the most part, it means that all that stuff is not affecting our bodies are way more advanced than what they thought. Because our bodies are transforming at a molecular cellular level. Okay. All right. You got that rated, Vivian. You need to not worry about anything. So even if it be the different No, listen, I, I stopped worrying. I stopped worrying. I guess I stopped worrying about a year and a half ago when I realized, I don't know, the connections between things. But, you know, we don't want to sort of get into that conversation because that conversation is had so often on the net. And I've heard you have it with so many people as well, Ishmael. But there are a couple of things that specifically that I wanted to ask you about, about the current affairs situation. Um, 
the Kazarian Mafia, is that the same thing as the cabal that you were talking about? Is that the same thing as the, um, you know, the Anunnaki or the Luciferian agenda? It, Kazarian Mafia, what is that? And is that gone or is that still active? Uh, that's uh, part of the, you know, cabal network. Uh, it's, they're called the, uh, the Zionist Bolshevik Kazarians. And um, they are no longer in power. They've lost power about a, um, as of May 6th. That's where they were, when they were checkmated by the White Knights. This year, May 6th this year? Yeah, in our timeline. Our timeline. Okay. So we don't, we don't have to worry about the cabal anymore. You know, any we should have the EBS and this huge uh, data dump revelation to the okay. world. Okay, so this is the scenario that all the, a lot of the truthers online talk about where we're going to have this announcement and everybody's going to know the truth about what's been going on and understand that they're free. Correct, yes. You know, it, it's such an enticing thought. And I've heard you talk about it with such certainty. And I think that's what a lot of people find so compelling about you, Ismail, that you speak with such absolute certainty. How do you know? How do you know? What can you say to people who are thinking, oh, I so want to believe that, but I look around me and I see mayhem and chaos? And Because what happens in this dimension is a reflection of what happens in higher dimensions. So in the higher dimensions, the war has already been won. In the astral uh, plane of reality, uh, the Yarkons have been defeated. So now it's just a matter of it uh, playing out here in our dimension. So that's how I know for sure. And plus, you know, I'm in constant uh, communication with the galactic commanders, and um, they have uh, shared with me that uh, we have nothing to worry about. That Earth is now on the positive timeline trajectory, um, and, um, you know, things are going to be unfolding for humanity that are going to uh, bring a better structure, a better living conditions condition for all of mankind. And, and who are the galactic commanders that you're talking to? I mean, I mean, maybe you cannot disclose, but you know, it's always area of interest. And how do you communicate with them? Okay, so the the main commander that is overseeing the Earth Project is a Pleiadian. He's at the head of the Pleiadian uh, Federation. Uh, he's known as Commander Georges Seres Hatan, uh, and he's pretty much leading the liberation of the Earth. The Alliance is on, you know, working with him, but he's like at the head. Uh, we also have Commander. Um, Commander Thor, um, what's his name? Thor, uh, there's a different name for him. Uh, Valiant Thor, I'm sorry. He's representing the the, uh, the Venetian Council, and he's also working very closely with Commander Hayton. Uh, we also have a female commander known as Kaligal, who is a lesion between the Earth Alliance and, and the Federation, which uh, consists of over 200,000 star systems just within the Milky Way. Uh, we also have the uh, Ashtar Command, which... Uh, is an intergalactic union of galaxies uh, consisting of over uh, 7 billion galaxies. Uh, we also have Andrew Kortek, who's in charge of uh, Interplanetary Communications Network, uh, making sure that the um, accurate transmissions are, are being downloaded to the star seeds. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, you know, there, there's just various, but those are like the main commanders. You know, we have all ships. <laughs> How, how do we get to meet these guys? Can we meet these guys? You know, you've, I'm sorry, Zoran, you wanted to say, I bet you were the same question, though. How do we great. get to meet these guys? Yes. Uh, well, once, once we have EBS and disclosure, uh, they're going to make an appearance in the physical. Right. Uh, in yeah. fact, uh, Valiant Thor is already uh, 
he's he's been working with with the Y hats uh, for since the 1960s. So he's he's been operating from behind the scenes and, and helping you know the Y hats checkmate the dark hats. Right. And when you get invited to the meeting, for example, uh, is this a physical meeting when you get into that dimension by manifesting your physical form and sitting around in whatever structure? Or do you go into this through the dream world? How does it actually happen for you to get all of this information in, in relationship with them? I, I, it's when I go to sleep, I leave my body and I, and I go back into my galactic body. And then you remember when you come back from the sleep, you remember everything that happened and that's how you kind of get information through, correct? That's beautiful. How did you, hold on a second, how did you manage to reach that state? Because I'm aware that a lot of the people, especially this moment in time, are looking up to you as somebody who is really there with the state and in the presence in full power with the, this, with the confidence you know, that you exuberate in certainty. And we all need certainty in this ambiguous time, as Vivian said. So I'm curious about, as we are all family and we all team, you know, we team light, let's say like that, and you have attained that level of presence and consciousness and ability to go there, be with those guys. What, what, what do we need to do ourselves to be able to support that? And what is the pathway for us to be a member of that uh, light team? Well, um, soon as the Earth becomes reinstated into the galactic community, many of us are going to be working with the Federation. You know, some of us are going to be commanders, uh, overseers of galaxies. So it's all being prepped for us to mm -hmm. uh, work and with, with Federation forces. And uh, the only reason I'm able to connect with them is because I am the uh, chief leader of the Lyrian, Lyrian um, Federation. <laughs> what is that? Tell us about that. Well, the Lyrian Federation was uh, one of the first uh, federations that was formed in our galaxy six million years ago, after the first galactic war in Lyra, when the Draco destroyed my home planet known as Avion. And so I was the one who uh, sent out um, all the different uh, Lyrians to the different parts of the galaxy to secure the, you know, the human, human species in our galaxy. Uh, and I developed the first uh, Coalition of Light, uh, which was uh, formed in Lyra, uh, and then it extended to Sirius, and then it, it went to Orion, and finally we created a, a federation of planets that consisted of over 200,000 star nations. But it, it was a slow pro process. Cool. Now listen, how about this moon landing? You know, have we, have we been to other planets? Are we going to go to other planets? To what extent are we going to expand our horizons did that already happen tell us a little bit about that yeah within the private sector we have uh, over 300 bases established throughout the entire milky way galaxy um, most of those bases do belong to solar warden the benevolent faction of the secret space program uh, just within our own solar system we have about 100 uh, colonies and bases some of them are uh, exist in huge asteroids um, like vespa um, you know, some of them exist in the uh, moons of Jupiter. Uh, of course, you know, we have the Lunar Operating Command operating from our moon. Um, and so we've already, within the private sector, we've already gone interplanetary and stellar. So it's just a matter of time of, of, of making those announcements to the rest of humanity. Okay. And did we land on the moon or was that fake? Who's, who's right about that? I can't resist asking. Well, the, they did land on the moon, but, but what they saw... Uh, 
was something that uh, they were told to not speak about because when they got there, they realized that they had already been uh, colonized and that many species were already there interacting. You know, uh, it looked like a huge city, kind of like Dubai. When you get to the dark side of the moon, it's all colonized. And that's what <laughs> side of the moon. Okay. So, so they covered it up. You know, they, they didn't allow us to go back there because of the fact that um, the Nazis had already colonized the moon uh, in the late uh, 1940s. And then, of course, you know, um, the shadow government of the United States, known as the Interplanetary Corporate Conglomerate, uh, had also built uh, build out uh, sta- uh, stations and bases on the moon as well. So that's the reason why why they were trying to cover it up and say, you know, moon landing, you know, never happened. And, and why we never went, really went back was because we had already established secret colonies on the moon. Hey, fascinating, fascinating. Um, Doran, did you want to come in with anything or should I can just go on with my next go one? Go on, go on. Yeah, I will come a moment later. Okay, so um, when it comes to crop circles, are those fake or, or, or are they, were they actually created by, um, you know, craft from other planets or from extraterrestrial life? And what are they for? They were created by the Federation to kind of help trigger our uh, consciousness because that's what they are. They're geometrical patterns that trigger us. You know, they activate the pineal gland, the pituitary gland, and so they are definitely here to assist in the raising of the collective consciousness. Okay. And why don't we hear about them very much anymore? Have they stopped making them? Because I know I don't think there have been any new ones that I'm aware of anyway within, within the last few years. Um, no, they, they started coming in in the 90s, early 2000s, um, in order to uh, achieve a, uh, the raising of the collective. And, and, and now that they've accomplished that, because we're getting ready to hit critical mass, they, they, they no longer need to make those anymore. So okay. they have a purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of all fits together, doesn't it, like a jigsaw. I think the thing that people are most concerned about right now, I mean, like you said, it's over, you know, God wins. Uh, that's a very attractive uh, proposition, I have to say, and one I'm absolutely happy to buy into. Uh, but people are a little bit worried about getting through these uh, next few months or however long it's going to take, and especially financially, and and wanting to know, you know, where, where should they put their money? Where should they put their faith? You know, should they be investing in crypto? Should they be investing in precious metals? Uh, you know, should they get their money out of the bank? Do you have any advice for people? Either. You know, stay away from uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, the, the only system that's going to uh, be valid and accurate when when the white hats take over is the quantum financial system, which is going to be backed up by by precious metals and gold. Okay, so there's no cryptocurrencies that you would advise anybody to to invest in. Correct. Yeah, Bitcoin cryptocurrency is is just not it's it's part of the cabal system. Uh, the only the only is uh, XLM and XRP. Those are the only two that are. Um, that were developed by the alliance uh, that are connected to the quantum financial system or the new quantum financial system. Okay. But everything, you know, as, as we know it, is all coming to an end with the current fiat structure as well. Okay. Any questions about that, Zoran? The audience who that don't, don't know what is quantum economic system. What is it? I mean, I know this is a difficult question and very broad question, but in, in a nutshell, if you were to explain it to the beginner, what is it? 
The quantum financial system is an, uh, it's, it's a very uh, reputable, functional uh, system that has been used across many galaxies. Uh, many stellar civilizations have used it in a way where uh, the people that are mostly wealthy in those societies are those with the biggest heart. So it's, it's, a, it's an actual living computer that registers how much compassion you have. And the more compassion you have, the wealthier you're going to be, because in turn, you use that wealth to help the others. And that's why they use this system to create utopias. Perfect. So everything's in balance. There is no halves or half nots. There is no secrecy, everything. And, 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 and they can't even, uh, uh, there's no hacking. You know, it's impossible to hack. <laughs> and I'm assuming that once when we move into the quantum system, there will be a transition phase when we will be kind of adjusted to that new level of, of uh, exchange, basically, because the more we give, the more love exuberate, the more unconditional we are, the more abundant we are, which is the essence of abundance, actually, on a certain level. But there will be a transition phase, correct? Correct. Absolutely. Vivian, any question about XRP and Bitcoin? I know that you're quite passionate about Bitcoin, and so I would love to give you a little bit of space if you want to ask that. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, it's like I'm trying to get my head around this idea that XRP and XLM. With my understanding, you see, of XRP is that it is it's a, almost a replacement for the SWIFT system of you know, moving money about, uh, a much more effective, efficient, and cheaper way of moving money about, and that actually it only has a place within a central banking system. So it was sort of like the bridge between the sort of new sort of digital system coming in and the old banking system so i that that confuses me a little bit and also the thing about bitcoin which is really the only decentralized um currency it's not really a cryptocurrency even is it but bitcoin sort of stands alone in terms of you know its creation and how the fact that it doesn't have a team a ceo or any kind of centralization nobody making decisions about it and it sort of only exists as far as you know, the network who have it exist, and it can't. Nothing can can happen to it. Nothing. It's a little bit like gold. It, that's why I guess they call it digital gold. So I do. I have to say, I have trouble getting my head around this idea that XRP and XLM would be, you know, part of the quantum financial system, but that uh, you know, a, a, a sort of a, an asset like Bitcoin would not be. I have to say, I struggle with that one. But you know. <laughs> a lot of this stuff is uh, outside the, of the usual boxes. Sorry, Mr. Yeah, changes take place. Uh, we're we're going to know what works and what doesn't. You know, but I wouldn't worry about where to invest your money right now because it's all this current you know system is coming to an end as we know it. Yeah, yeah. So you mean our, our, our whole relationship with wealth and and ownership and um, what it takes to survive? I guess we'll everything will shift and that won't matter anymore. Is that what you're saying, Ismail? Yeah, we're going to go beyond money. You know, even in the that fifth dimension, no financial system. Yeah, that, that, that sounds really good. Sorry, sorry. But it's great to address this because a lot of the people who are still not awakened into this reality, you know, continuously worry. And if you go back into the notion that this game, it's all about our thoughts to co-create our reality in the quantum field, it's very really important. It's really, it matters what each and every of us feel and how do we relate, especially to money and financial system, because if you get this worry away, then we can also focus on what we need to focus on. So Ishmael, what do we need to focus our attention to at this moment in, in human history right now? 
in July 2022. Only focus on the type of reality that you want to experience. Uh, don't give yourself to fear-based porn. You know, allow yourself to, to, to be centered, grounded, and just um, try to put all your energy and focus on the type of life that you want to manifest and the type of life that you want to see manifested for all of humanity at this time. Because that's the timeline that we're going to end up in. And how do we help ourselves not to buy into that fear porn, to navigate away from that uh, negative uh, realities, especially that is driven by mainstream media? Because I'm still in relationship with people who are still watching news on a daily basis. I don't do it myself, but there's people in my business community, in my networks who are hooked into this and they are plugged into this borg of, of mainstream media. So how do we support ourselves to unplug from that and start focusing to what we really want to see? Well, the best thing to do is just, uh, you know, isolate yourself from these people. Choose wisely who, who your new uh, group of friends should be. Um, and yeah, just ignore these people. Right. Good. One last question for me and Vivian, then you can wrap it up because we have five minutes left. So a lot of our friends in our community are curious about you as a human. I mean, we can see you as a galactic warrior, as, as a teacher, as somebody who is in relationship to the Federation and beyond Federation. But a lot of the people are always curious about your human life, you know, you, you in this dimension. You know, we, we know about you in all other dimensions. And when you start talking, we can see that, you know, people who are tuning into that energetic level, we can see the images, we can see the, how, you, how you're there. But in this lifetime, in this form, what makes you happy? What makes you joyful? What makes me joyful is my teaching, um, my, you know, my passion for writing, for research. Um, I also uh, am a father. I have a 22-year-old daughter. I have a 16-year-old son. I have a wife uh, who is currently terminally ill. Uh, so I, ra you know, I raised the family. And... Um, yeah, you know, it's to me it was all about balancing, balancing my third dimensional life with my my spiritual work. And your kids, you know, because I have kids in similar age than you, you know, how do they relate to your work? What do they say when you, they listen, for example, to this podcast or they or they say, oh, my God, dad wrote this book. Look, is it cool or is it not cool? What do they but say? My kids aren't really into this knowledge, so they haven't read my book. Uh, my, my, I, I tell my son a little bit about it and he's, he's not ready for this knowledge yet. So, you know, my, my kids are just kind of just letting me do my thing and, you know, they do their thing and, and they know that I'm passionate about my work and, and they respect that. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful to know your humanity. You know what I mean? To know that you have a family, that you, to know that you have a wife that you're taking care of and to know about your kids, you know, because that makes you, for me, believable. Because sometimes when we get into this big, conversations of our cosmic origin, but we don't, you know, really share who we are in this third dimensional reality. It gets difficult for people to relate to. And then they keep on putting you on a pedestal. You know, he is our hero. He's our new hero. And I want to humanize you on a certain level. So thank you so much for sharing that. It's really lovely to know that you have a beautiful family around you, that you're human after all. <laughs> Vivian, anything from you? No, just to say thank you, Ismail, for your time and for being open as you always are. Thank you for sharing and my warmest good wishes to you and your wife and your kids. And uh, yes, thank you again. 
And I also want to mention, you know, before you say thank you, Ishmael, I also want to mention that I sign up for your course. I think that everybody should sign up for Ishmael's course. And, uh, you know, we can reference this in our podcast and also on our platform. I think this is a beautiful thing to study and learn from you because you're such a powerful teacher. I am going to show the book once again. I think that people should have this book. This is a really, really beautiful and interesting perspective on who we are, what we are, why we're here. It really decodes the history of our reality in a completely different way, and it shifts your perspective completely. So I'm just inviting everybody who's listening to our podcast to explore, to get in there, to really open up into the new possibilities, because it's a new and fresh thinking. And we always love new and fresh thinking on this podcast. And thank you, Ishmael. Anything that you would love to leave our audience with? Any last uh, conclusion from you? How do you feel about talking to us and your final message? I just want to thank everyone you know, for being receptive, being willing to understand uh, this knowledge that uh, that I've been presenting. Um, I also want to let everybody know that um, my Starseed Cosmology class is booked till October, so I do have a few spots left for the October course. And um, you know, for those that are interested in learning in depth to see uh, what star system they're from, what star race they resonate with, and really understand our star seed mission, I would strongly suggest to take my course. Uh, you'll have a better understanding of yourself and, and why you volunteer to come to the earth. And uh, I'll, I'll give you the link to the description. It's okay. Of course, absolutely. Link, absolutely. We're linking everything and we're loving you and Instagramming you and sharing you as well. Vivian, remember Bringers of the Dawn, you know, you and I, we knew that we were in Pleiades, right? A long time ago. Yeah. I remember reading that book on a plane to New York once and my head saying to me, oh, my God, this is outrageous. Why are you reading this? And my heart saying, mm, keep reading. Keep reading. This feels familiar. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for reminding us. Thank you for connecting us to our Cosmic Origin, Ishmael. Have a wonderful day. And thank you so much for being guests in TNM Unplugged today. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, Ishmael. Bye for now. Thank you. Have a good one, guys.